this month, uh, we are starting a new series, uh, and it's called Blurred Lines. Uh, and the whole idea behind this series is that the lines between Scripture and culture are not clear, right? The, the truth about how we are supposed to live now more than ever, it's really hard to figure out the truth, right? There, there is a, a, a big difference between what the world says and what uh, Scripture says about what is true. And so our hope as, as we walk through the next couple weeks, our hope is that we will be able to look at Scripture and use Scripture as our guide and foundation to really discover what the truth is about how we should be living our lives today and the truth about how we can push back against culture instead of allowing culture to influence our lives. Uh, and so tonight, uh, we are going to be looking at a, a short passage in the book of Jeremiah. Uh, and, and just to give some context uh, behind this passage, uh, you may or may not know Jeremiah uh, is a prophet, right? He was a prophet in Judah. And, and what is really going on around this time is Judah has had some really good kings, but now they've got some really bad kings, uh, and the influence of these kings, as they're not following the Lord, the people are not following God either. They're just really living however they want to live, right? Th there is no moral standard. Uh, there is no regard for, for scripture or the way that God has called them to live. So they're just doing whatever they want. And that may seem a lot like cult culture in the world today, and I would argue it is. And, and what we see in the book of Jeremiah is that God continuously speaks through him. God continuously speaks through Jeremiah and says, look, you are not living the way I have called you to live. And I'm warning you that if you do not change course, if you do not make better decisions, you're gonna have to bear the consequences. There are consequences coming for your actions that I don't want you to face, but you're gonna have to face them if you don't do a 180 and start following me instead of following culture. And so tonight, uh, we're looking at uh, Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 16 through 17. Uh, I'm going to read it in the NLT first, and then we'll read it in the ESV. Uh, the two translations just kind of offer uh, some really unique perspectives. So you can follow along on the screen or uh, on your notes as well. So here's what it says. This is Jeremiah speaking to the people. This is a warning that he's giving. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. I posted watchmen over you who said, listen for the sound of the alarm. But you replied, no, we will not listen. Here's what it says in the ESV. It says, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. I set watchmen over you saying, pay attention to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not pay attention. So what Jeremiah is saying to the people here is, hey, you are at a crossroad. You are at a crossroad. And if you don't know what a crossroad is, this is a great picture. It's an intersection. It's where two paths meet. That's a crossroad. And he's saying, look, you are at a crossroad. You have a decision to make. 
The road you are traveling does not align with the road that God wants you to walk. They're intersecting. They're going two different ways. And you have a decision right here to make. You can either turn and you can follow the, the path and the road that God is calling you to live, or you can continue to walk down the road that you are walking down. You know, when uh, we were preparing for, for this message, we actually looked up, Wade and I looked up the definition of a crossroad. And, and it couldn't have fit better with this message. And it, honestly, I think it just shows us how important the decision that we are faced with is. Here's what it says. A crossroad is an intersection of two or more roads. Get this, where a crucial decision must be made. A decision that will have far-reaching or lasting consequences. So the decision that has to be made at the crossroad has far-reaching, has lasting consequences. That means it's a pretty important decision. And I think if we are being honest with ourselves as individuals, as believers, as a nation, as a world, we're at a crossroad. Jeremiah in this passage is, is speaking to the people of Judah, but honestly, I think he's speaking to us just the same. We're at a crossroad in culture. You are at a crossroad and you have a decision to make. And that decision will have lasting impacts. It will have lasting consequences. It's a decision uh, that we have to make about how to live. It's a decision that we have to make about who to follow, who will influence us. And the decision that you make, the decision that I make, it's gonna have impacts that not only affect you, but impact generations to come. Generations to come. This isn't just about you. This is about the people who will come after us too. If we think back to other generations before us, right? They had a decision to make. And, and while many generations before us decided to keep God in the picture, they didn't exactly choose to keep God as the priority. And what we see is that has had a trickling down effect where as generation comes and generations go, God slowly gets moved farther and farther and farther out of the picture. And right now, the decision that we have to make is are we even gonna keep God in the picture? Because right now, culture wants you to erase God. Culture wants you to erase scripture. Culture wants you to just toss it all in the trash. This is no longer about making God in the picture or be the priority. This is just about, is God even going to exist in our lives altogether? That's the decision you have to make. Because if we continue to follow culture, culture will erase scripture, right? A couple of weeks ago, a lot of you may remember the, the visual example that I used of tearing the Bible, right? It was a hymnal. It wasn't a real Bible. But that is what culture is doing. That's the decision we have to make. Are we going to trash the gospel or are we going to choose to take a stand and say, no, God is the priority. God is the priority. Scripture is the truth. This is what is true because that decision has lasting impacts. And so how do we handle this? How, how do we handle the decision that we have to make? We, we can't get around this, right? Not making a decision is a decision. 
If you just choose to ignore this, you're making a decision to keep walking down the path of culture. So how do we handle being at this crossroad? And Jeremiah offers instruction in this passage. And the first thing that he says is stop and look. Stop and look. Here's what he says again. It says, stop at the crossroads and look around. And I think there's a couple of reasons that Jeremiah says this first, that he says to stop and look. And I think it's because if we don't stop, first and foremost, we can't even realize that we're at a crossroad. We can't even realize that there is a decision to be made. We can't even see that there is a problem, that there is a difference between the way the world is telling us to live and the way that God is calling us to live. We can't notice it if we don't stop. We can't acknowledge it. And if we don't stop, if we don't slow down, or we can't turn around. In order for you to turn around, you have to stop. In order for you to decide, I'm going to live for God and not continue down the path that the world is pulling me, I have to say, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop the decisions that I'm making. I'm gonna stop allowing culture and TikTok and Instagram and all these influencers to influence me. I'm gonna stop going to these worldly sources for the truth because if I don't stop doing those, I can't turn to this. The only way I turn to this is if I stop turning to the world. So we have to stop, we have to look around, we have to acknowledge that there's a decision to be made, that there is a difference, and we have to decide to turn around. The second thing that Jeremiah says in this passage is to ask God. He says, stop and look around, and then he says, ask God. Here's what he says specifically, ask for the old godly way. So what do we ask God? And I think it's really simple that Jeremiah would, would tell us, ask God, what am I supposed to believe? What am I supposed to believe? How am I supposed to live? That's the question we need to be asking. What am I supposed to believe? How am I supposed to live my life as, as a believer of Jesus Christ as a disciple, how am I supposed to be living my life? We need to ask that question because we need to know the truth and we need an answer. And the only way we get that answer is if we ask. And if we wanna know the truth, who else to ask other than God himself? If we wanna know the path that God is calling us to live, why wouldn't we ask God? But I would also argue, why wouldn't we ask the godly influences that he has placed in our life. I just want you to take a minute, like literally, and look around the room. Look around the room for a second. And I want you to see who you think the godly influences are in this room. Who are the wise, godly influences? Several of you are looking at your small group leaders. Some of you are looking at your friends. Some of you, I would say, maybe you shouldn't be looking at your friends. <laughs> Who are the godly people that God has put in our life? You know, wisdom, wisdom means having experience. Wisdom means having knowledge. Wisdom means having good judgment in regards to a specific situation. And let me just push back on this a little bit. 
Your peers, your friends are not wise counsel. Your peers, your friends are not the wise godly people in this room. How could you have experience as an eighth grader when you're in eighth grade? Right? How could you go to your friend and ask for wise, godly advice on how to handle a situation when you're both walking through it? When you're both in the same stage of life? Guys, the the wise, godly people in this room are your leaders. The leaders in this room are the, the wise, godly people that God has put in your life. People who have been through what you have been before. I, I know it's like you can't even imagine that we would have any idea of what it means to grow up as a Gen Zer. But believe me, like some things haven't changed all that much, right? The lingo has changed, but a lot of the things that y'all experience, we've all gone through. We've all had to make the same decisions that you have to make. Things are not that different. But let me tell you something, a lot of you are looking to your friends who, let me tell you, they don't know what they're doing. They think they do, and they may seem really cool doing it, but they don't know what they're doing. They may want you to think they do, but they don't. And guys, I, I, see, I see too many of you walking down the path of culture and walking down the wrong path because you're not looking to the wise, godly people who have been where you've been before. You're looking to the people who are there with you, who have no idea what they're doing, who are guessing just like you are, who are trying to survive, who are trying to make it, who are being pressured in the same ways that you are. Stop, look around and ask for the old godly way Look to your leaders, ask for advice. But none of this matters if we don't walk in obedience. And that's the third thing that Jeremiah says here. Jeremiah says we have to walk in obedience. Right, it says ask for the old godly way and walk in it. And walk in it. Right, you can stop and look at the crossroads You can stop and look and and acknowledge that there's a decision to be made, that there's a difference between culture and scripture. You can go and ask for godly advice from myself or your small group leaders, but let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if you come ask us for advice. It doesn't matter if you acknowledge there's a problem if you don't decide to walk in obedience. And isn't that ultimately the choice that we have to make? Because if you stop and look and you ask for the old godly way, but you still decide to walk down the path of culture, you don't decide to turn around, there's no difference. You haven't made a decision to follow Christ. And you asking and you stopping, like it's all for nothing at that point. And guys, we, we as, as adult leaders, we see this a lot too. Where students say, hey, like, how do I handle this? And, and we do our best to give you advice as to how God would call you to live. And then it's just like we ball it up and we toss it. It's like, yeah, forget that. And what we want for you is we want you to walk the path that God has for you. Because we know what that path has to offer. But ultimately, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. I cannot make this choice for you. Miss Nikki cannot make this choice for you. 
Your mama and your daddy cannot hold your hand and make this choice for you. This is a choice that you have to make. You're big kids, right? You're not toddlers. You have to make, and you alone have to make this choice. And so I would just ask you, what decision are you going to make? What decision are you going to make? Too often, we, we walk the line of culture and scripture, and we want to have one foot in, one foot out, right? If I can keep one foot in the world and one foot in scripture, maybe my life will be fun and halfway godly, right? Maybe I'll get to party it up with my friends, but also get into heaven, right? But that's not obedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. Right? Have you ever been in a situation where your parents told you to clean your room and you just shoved it all under the bed? No. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm guilty, right? I'm guilty. I'm guilty. And here's what my mom would always say. Here's what, and she knew. I, I thought I was slick, but I wasn't that slick. Look, she'd tell me to clean my room. I'd throw it all under the bed. She'd come in. First place she'd look is under the bed. And she'd say, you didn't clean your room. I said, what do you mean? The, the floor's clean. She said, it's all under your bed. That's not what I asked you to do. What God has asked us to do is follow him alone. Not follow him and the world, not be half in, half out, but to fully follow him. And so the choice is yours. You, you cannot partially obey God. That's called disobedience. If we wanna walk in obedience, we have to fully commit. We have to fully walk. You know, in the book of, of Jeremiah, the, uh, the people of Judah, they ultimately decided not to follow God, right? And they end up, as a result, being taken captive, right? And we know the, the famous verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope in a future, right? We know that verse. It's a popular verse, but we don't, what we don't realize behind that verse is the, the God's people have just entered captivity for like a hundred years. They're not coming out anytime soon, right? Jeremiah is telling them in that moment, like, look, life sucks right now. And it's going to, you're, you're faced with the consequences of what you decided to do. You made a bad choice. You decided not to follow me, but hey, I, there is hope for your future. God does forgive you but you have to choose to follow him if you want that hopeful future, right? In Jeremiah 3130, uh, Jeremiah is telling the people, look, all people will be held accountable for the decisions that they make. That's what Jeremiah tells the people. All people will be held accountable for their sins and held accountable for their decisions. And what we also see at, at the end of the book of Judges we see a similar situation in uh, Judges 21, verse 25. It says, in those days, Israel had no king and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Guys, does that not sound like the world we're living in today? Guys, catch this. Hey, stop talking, catch this. Does that not look like and sound like the world we're living in today? Everyone doing whatever seems right in their own eyes. That, that's the world we live in. And what happened? 
what happened when the people of Judah decided to do what was right in their own eyes. They reaped the consequences and they weren't good. There were no blessings to be had. But what we see time and time again is when people decide, when they're standing at the crossroads and they decide to follow God, they find blessing. They find peace. And so why should we follow and choose the godly path? Why should we? Why should we choose the godly path? And it's just that when when we choose to follow the Lord, we experience peace. We experience rest. We experience joy. Guys, there is no peace, no rest, no joy for God's people when they turned their backs to him and were in captivity in Babylon. There was no peace, no rest, no joy. And guys, like, I think if we're just being honest with ourselves, when we decide to follow culture, it's fun in the moment, but then we're left feeling broken and empty and sad. And I, I, I think if we're just being honest, there's a reason that depression and anxiety rates are higher than they've ever been before in your generation. And it's because you're being pushed down a path, being pushed down a road that is fueled by culture And we're just following along. And that path doesn't lead to peace, rest, and joy. But if we will stop, if we will look, if we will ask for the godly way, and if we will walk in obedience, guys, we will see transformation occur. We will find freedom. We will find peace. We will find rest. But the choice is yours. The choice is up to you. And you can either choose to to live a godly life, which will lead to the good life, Or you can choose uh, to follow the ways of the world and culture which lead to destruction. That's the choice you have to make. And here's what I I want you to take away tonight. What I want you to take away is the good life is available for all. It's available for all. But the catch is, is you have to choose to follow Jesus. The good life is not available to those who choose to follow the world. The good life is only available to those who choose to follow Jesus. And so the choice is yours. What what decision are you going to make? Because you're at a crossroad. Each and every one of us are at a crossroad and we have to choose. Are we going to follow culture and the world or are we going to choose to follow Christ? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this evening. I just thank you for each and every student that uh, is here tonight. Lord, I know that they are not here by accident. And so, Lord, I pray that as we uh, dive deeper into your word in small group, Lord, I pray that uh, you would just challenge us. Speak to us the way that we need to hear your voice. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to stop and ask you for the truth, the truth of how you would call us to live. Give us the truth so that we can follow you. But Lord, we need the strength, we need the courage to not only ask for the truth, but to follow the truth in obedience. And Lord, I know for these students, that can be really hard. And I know there's a lot of influences that push them in the opposite direction, 
that push them down the path of culture. But Lord, I pray that you would give them the strength and the courage to push back and say, no, I'm gonna stand firm and I'm gonna follow Christ because I know that that is what is true. And Lord, if, if there is anyone here tonight, Lord, that doesn't know you as their savior, as their best friend, Lord, I pray that you would speak to their hearts tonight, Lord. Show them your love and your peace and your joy. And Lord, you know, I know there, there may be some here tonight that say, look, everything that you've said tonight is good, but what I need most is just to commit. I need to commit, and I need to commit to Christ. And so, Lord, if, if any student is in that place tonight, Lord, I pray that you give them the courage to, to say, hey, I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to commit my life to Christ. I'm tired of following the ways of the world. I want to follow Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that you would challenge us and speak to us in a small group. In your name we pray. Amen.